0: Okay, the series is beyond. Everybody say beyond. So I want to take you a a few steps further into this series. And I believe it will be an encouragement for you. Because I believe you're living beneath your means. You're living beneath what the Bible says you can have. We're living beneath what Jesus Christ has set in place for us. Amen? So let me make these statements. You must go beyond your present vision. I'm going to take this very slow. You must go beyond your present vision or where you see yourself in the present in order to go boldly where you've never gone before. I want to say that again. You must go beyond your present vision, this earthly vision, this human vision. You have to go beyond this place that you see yourself in to go boldly where you've never gone before how many people have got an area where you want to go how many of you have an area that you want to achieve today we can start on that path because the Lord Jesus Christ will help you to move in the proper direction so when we say going beyond what does that mean it means stepping outside the status quo of your life what you do all the time you get into an area where you just do what you do and it becomes not even a thought you get up in the morning you brush your teeth you make your coffee you don't even think about it anymore how many of you have done something around the house and forgot you did, even did it tell the truth you get up you make the coffee and forget you made the coffee because it's become a way of life a status quo it's something that you do regularly and let me just say this, if you're going to achieve anything in the spirit, you've got be you're going to have to go beyond the status quo of your life. Amen? So we, it means stepping outside of the status quo of your life into a realm where the Spirit of God leads you, <clears throat> into a realm where the Spirit of God guides you. How many people want to be led by the Spirit? Why is this important? 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 in the King James Version. It says, in the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body, the triune part of man, body, soul, and spirit. <clears throat> that's the triune nature of man. Be preserved, blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he. He's talking about the Lord. Faithful is he that calls you who will also will do it. What will he do? He's going to keep you. So when I say body, soul, and spirit, let me make this clear. Most of us have learned to move in the body. Most of us have have gotten used to working in our soul our soulish nature how we feel what we hear how we all those things are soulish nature soulish nature is what you when you get in the car and you turn on the music and you go yeah the soulish nature so most people have moved into their soulish their body and into their soulish nature but it's time now to walk in the third dimension body soul, and spirit. Everybody say body, soul, and spirit. We must walk in the third dimension. We know how to walk in the body. We know how to move in the soul, but it's now it's time to move in the spirit. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Those that worship me, the Bible says, must worship me in spirit and in truth. So we've learned to walk in the body. We've learned to walk in the soul. But now we've got to move beyond that. What some have mentioned, we have to learn to move beyond what we like and don't like and our, our dislikes and our angers and our this and that. Listen, none of those things as you get older, those things don't bother you anymore. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. That's so There's things that when I was younger, it mattered to me. Now it really doesn't matter to me. Because the closer I get to, the, to seeing the realm of heaven, those other things fall away from me. Last night I dreamed about my daddy, my father. He's been in heaven now since 2013. And my mother. I dreamed about some of my, my aunts and uncles that have gone on. And I realized that is a real realm. And they're really there. And the older you get, you start forgetting about this realm and start moving in the spirit realm. Yes, sir. Thank you. Do you know how you become creative? How many of you have ever been involved in art? Amen. How many of you have ever been involved in music, really? Understand when you get involved in those areas of creativity, you will be moved. You have to be moved in your spirit. The problem is most of us are moved in the wrong spirit. <laughs> We're moved in the spirit of the enemy. So when I speak of the spirit, I'm talking about God's spirit. He'll help us move in the third dimension, the body, soul, and the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And how does that affect us? In Romans 8 verse 1, it says, there is therefore now, now. Everybody say now. What does now mean? Does that mean now? At this present time, there is therefore now no no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Are you seeing it now? The third, the third dimension, body, soul, you've got to walk in the spirit. And Galatians 5, 16 says, so I say, the apostle Paul lays it down. So I say, live by the spirit. Live how? Live how? By the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit that quickens. It's the Spirit that's at work in you. Have you ever started out a good day and wondered why something... Have you ever heard of something whispering in your ear? Nobody's, nobody's responding. This is a church I like response. Have you ever heard something spoken to you in your inner, something outside you speaking to you that messes up your whole day? Do you think that's you doing that? No, there are spirits at work. That's why we have to walk in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit (laughs) of Jesus Christ. So. I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. If you're walking in the sinful nature, it means you're not walking in the Holy Spirit. It'll change you. You say, well, why the Holy Spirit? Why? Because the Spirit, that Holy Spirit, will always take you beyond. It'll never leave you where you are. The Holy Spirit will take you beyond move you into an area you didn't think that you had the ability to do. How many people know though, if Jesus Christ calls you into an area, he will equip you to finish the job. If he says you can do it, you can get it done. If he says you can go there, you can go there. Hmm. The problem we have today is men love darkness rather than light what does that mean that means they no longer led by the spirit they're led by their their soul you want me to take a little time there because when you're led by your soul you will get in trouble your soul will lead you into things you don't need to be doing Listening to things you don't need to be listening to. Do you know why gossip, how many people understand gossip? Why so many people like gossip? It feeds into your soulish nature. How many people like to hear something where you can complain a little bit? Complains, when people complain, it's their soulish nature that's complaining. It's not the spirit. It's their soulish nature. If we ever put a church, if ever a group of people comes together calling themselves the church, they can move beyond their body and soul, and they move into the spirit, you'll see something happen that you've never seen happen before. You'll see people truly come alive. You'll see families coming uniting, coming together. You'll see people living beyond the status quo. And listen, this world needs help. I want to say it again, I've not said a whole lot about it, but if you turn on the news, you're going to see that there's some real evil powers at work. And people, there's mad, there are insane people leading nations being led by insanity, which means they're being led not by their soulish nature and by spirits that are away from God. When I see children being crying, when I see mothers crying, when I see uh, families starving because someone wants power, I say it's a time to stop it. It's time to put an end to it. It's time for there to be peace on earth. And so we have to go beyond our, our soulish nature. Where we've got to hurt, and there has to be harm. The Bible says there's coming a day where there'll be no hurt nor harm. How is that going to happen? When we get into the Spirit. So why the Holy Spirit? Because it takes us beyond, takes you beyond into your perfect place. It takes you into your perfect place and preserves you blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we read in Thessalonians. You understand that? It is the Spirit that will keep you intact and blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the truth. The Word of God, the living Word of God, will take you beyond your comfort zone. If you truly follow the Word of God, it'll take you beyond your comfort zone into your destiny. But this will come, when this happens, you have to know this comes with difficult decisions. When the Holy Spirit addresses you, when the Spirit of the Lord starts working in your life, it's going to come with some decisions. How many people know it's hard to make a decision sometimes? I've, I've, I know people that's been going steady for 10 years. People that have been engaged for 15 years. And then they marry somebody else. Because they can't make a decision. And then there's people that get married and can't make a decision if they want to stay with that person. Y'all may not like it, but I just told you the truth. It comes with Decisions. Decisions. Here's a man that had to face the decision. Elijah. Elijah was known as the prophet of fire. He could call fire down from heaven. He made nations to tremble. He'd call in. He'd say there'd be no rain and there's no rain. I mean this man was powerful. He would say you'll die and not live and you're dead. He was a powerful man of God. But look at this. He gets afraid of a woman called Jezebel. How many people know there are some women that you better be afraid of? (laughs) In this case, it was Jezebel. I see you men are going, Bishop, please. But here he is running for his life. He had to make a decision. 1 Kings 19, verse 3. Watch this. So he rose up. He saw that. He saw what Jezebel was saying. She said, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. Watch. So he rose up and went for his life. He's running. And he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Now, I want you to hear me. Whenever you start to go beyond yourself, you're going to walk through a wilderness. Has anybody ever been there before? Oh, I've been there. And it's a lonely, dark, hot, tiring place. It's not a fun place, Sanja. It's not a fun place. But he goes into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, which is a broom tree. And he requested, now watch this. He's starting to make a decision. He requested that he might die. Okay, God, I've done all I know to do. I've been this prophet of fire. It's time for me to die. I can't stand that woman. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he's doing. That woman's after me. I'm wore out. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Just take me. He says, let me die. And he said, it's enough. It's all enough. Oh, Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. I'm not better than my ancestors, so go ahead and take me. But watch what God does. He makes him, God said, no, 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 you don't make these decisions like this. You're going to make the proper decision according to your calling. Are you following this? You will have to make proper decisions according to the calling in your life. Watch this. A little further down in that chapter, 1 Kings 19, verse 15, it says, And the Lord God said unto him, I'm not even going to address your death cry. Watch what he does. Go and return the way to the wilderness of Damascus. What does he have to do? Go back through the wilderness. He goes to the wilderness To talk to God and say he wants to die. He's got to go back to the wilderness to do what God's asked him to do. Am I right? Right. Can I just ask a question? This may be key for today. How many of you have walked through a wilderness lately? Wave it. Wave It's like this. Uh, I see you back there, Ron. Keep waving that hand, son. Ron has had... He's been in battle with COVID and come through it. That's a wilderness. Amen. But watch what God does. I want you to go back that way. And when you come, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. Now watch, he's giving him demands, commands. I'm, not, I'm getting to the part of decisions in a moment. Understand he's giving him commands. You don't have a right to say you're going to die. You work for me. I want you to go and I want you to anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of abel Mohalah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Now watch this. He said, there's three things you're going to do. And the last one is you're going to anoint Elisha to be in your stead. Now Elisha is going to be the prophet to complete what you should do. Now watch. All these men that I just mentioned now are going to have to make a decision when the spirit addresses them what do you mean by that well Haziel doesn't have to be king let's look back at it again he said it he said he, he named Haziel to be king over Syria and Jehu the son of Nimshi shall be anoint to be king over Israel and now we've got Elisha all three have to make a decision are they going to follow what God says or do are they going to move in their soulish nature They're going to move in their soulless nature, they're going to move in the third dimension in the spirit. Are y'all catching this now? They all have to make decisions. We read it real quick, Pat, but we don't realize there were real lives here and people had to make decisions. But the one I'm going to talk to you about today, today is this. The man, Elisha. All of them had to make decisions, but I want you to look at Elisha for a moment. He's about to be moved in an area he had never been He's about to move, be moved in an area he did not ask for. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit saw the potential in Elisha. The Spirit saw the potential in Elisha. Now I want you to get this picture. In 1 Kings 19, 19. Elijah goes out to find this young man, Elisha. I'm going to give you some more background here in a moment. But you have to understand what happened here was not that easy. What happened here was difficult on Elisha's part. Now, get that in your mind. Act, think as you would if you were Elisha working for your father's lands, which was very prosperous. Watch. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Does anybody understand 12 yoke of oxen? That's 12 different pairs of oxen. That's not one thing with 12 oxen. It's 12 pairs of oxen. Which means the land that he was working on was vast. It was a large Piece of property, and Elijah comes walking by him. Now watch this. Uh, hand hand me, is that your coat, Lloyd? Come here, Randy. Just stand right here. Now I want you to get this picture. This is how simple it was. Move that sweater. So here's how simple it was. Here's Elijah, the prophet of fire. God has given him a command. I don't know how many of us would catch this if this happened to us, but Elijah comes walking past him. He's out there working the the oxen. He's working on his daddy land. He comes by and he does this and walks on. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. That's not a big thing, but he knew everybody in that culture understood the mantle. They understood the mantle of the prophet. Although he may not have known him, he knew what he did was significant. Stay with me now. So Elisha has to make a decision. Elisha is working in an area of prosperity. Why should I leave this job? I'm prosperous. My daddy's land. Many, you may be seated, many acres. I've got everything set for my life. Everything's going well. And here comes Elijah and throws a a mantle on me. Which usually was a piece of, maybe a piece of skin, uh, an animal's hide. So he makes a decision. I want you to follow this as I read this to you. And understand how difficult this was. So he departed thence. Uh, or let's go back. And Elijah was with the twelfth. Uh, and Elijah passed him and cast his mantle upon him. That's it. And I wanted to give you a side note here also. The day the mantle was thrown on Elisha, the moment he walked by and threw it, just as simple as I did with Randy, the second Elijah threw that mantle on Elisha, Elisha was marked, marked, marked as a prophet of God. In his stead, He was saying, you're going to take my place. But I want you to hear this. Even though the mantle was passed, even though the mantle was thrown on his shoulder, there was a process before he could walk in his beyond. you got to hear this. There was a process in Elisha's life before he could be in Elijah's stead. So I, I, I bet you it was marvelous things he had to do. Wait, stay with me. But the second he throws the man alone, the Lord really inspired me to say at that moment, he was called to be not only a protege, he was called to be the prophet in his stead. And Elisha left, verse 20, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Elijah. And said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father. In other words, let me go back and kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then I will follow you. That's how powerful this was. And he said unto him, he said, Elijah said to Elisha, go back again. Go ahead and go. For what have I done to thee? What is he saying? What did he mean when he said that? He's saying, you need to think about what I've done to you. You have to understand the process you're going to have to go through. This that I have placed in your life is not an easy thing. It is a difficult thing because you're going to have to move from body to the soul and you're going to have to move into the spirit. A decision has to be made as you have to make today. Either we're going, I told you last week, everybody seated here is in 24 7 ministry. You're in full-time ministry. You say, no, no, I I work over here. No, 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 no. You're in full-time ministry. You're a full-time Christian. You're in full-time trying to reach people for the message of Christ. A message that will cause them to be victorious. Amen? So he says to Elisha, you need to see what I've done to you. You need to understand it. He needed to think. Why did Elisha need to think? Most of us would if we were in his place because he was a wealthy landowner. He was a son of a wealthy landowner. And he was asked to leave all and follow. How many of you could do that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Because many of us can't get up on time to come to church. Not y'all. Y'all are here. Many people can't do anything in the house of the Lord because they're too wore out. He's asked to leave everything. And it was not a small thing he had to do. (laughs) Had some people yesterday said, "Uh, do you know where so-and-so's church is? I said, yeah, I know where, I think I know where it's at. And I told them where it was. And they said, yeah, well, the reason is we've moved out in that area and we'd like to... We would like to go to their church. We've moved out in that area. Now watch this. And I said, well, that's strange. Because I've got a church right here on Hurt Road that you've been to several times. Why don't you come here? Well, it's where we've moved. I said, no, no, no. You are now, I'm meeting you. Where I ran into them was 30 or 40 miles away from where they live." I said, the same car that brought you to this place today is the same car that can bring you to the house of the Lord. It doesn't have to be in your neighborhood. Let me give you a cue. An eagle never eats near his nest. <laughs> Did anybody catch that? So they say, you know what? I've moved out of that area. I don't care where I'm at. If it's a place I'm being fed, Sonia, I'm going to eat there. That's where I'm going to eat. So if he. He had to give it all up to follow. So if he now watch this thinking. If he therefore he obeyed the prophetic call walking into the third uh, uh, dimension, which is the spirit. He did it to considerable secular loss. Here's a key. Never allow things. Everybody say things. Never allow things to stand in your way of going beyond. Whatever you put of a greater importance. I'm going to say something here that you may disagree with, but you have a right to be wrong. <laughs> Whatever you put in the way of God or before God, be very careful with that, because if you put it pat in front of God, you've made that a demi god. See some people talk to you. You understand? If you put that in the in the pre, oh, in front of God, then it becomes a demi god. You can put nothing in front of God. Nada. Nothing. Have I done that in my life before? Yeah, I put music before God. Music was a God to me. My bands, the music I played, the records I made, those were important to me. That, that was me. And what did God do? I don't even sing anymore. I don't even play an instrument anymore. Why? Because I have to follow that call. And when he gives it back to me, he'll give it to me. Are, y'all, are you hearing me? And I'm going to show you why. Let's go back to that thought. I want you to write it down in your mind. Never allow things to stand in your way of going beyond. Verse 21. And he returned back from him, him who, Elijah. And he took a yoke of oxen, one of his yoke of oxen. And he killed them. And boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen. The things he was using to plow with, he burned them. Used it to cook the meat. And gave it to his people. People that worked with him. And they did eat. And he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Now, you say, well, that's great. Now let's talk about the process for a minute to go beyond, son. This is cool. Because a lot of people miss this part. They just see the mantle being thrown and Elisha becoming in Elijah's stead. But they miss this little phrase right here. And ministered unto him. Does anybody, well, let me read 2 Kings 3, 11, then we'll talk about it. Jehoshaphat said, which was a king, is there not there a prophet of the Lord? Because Elijah was off the scene. That we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, wait a minute. There here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. What? I want you to see the job that Elisha had after the mantle was strong. He washed the clothes of Elijah. He washed the hands and feet of people that came into the house. He was Elijah's servant in all. So when you walked in the house, it was Elisha that washed your hands and feet. It was Elisha that that prepared the food. It was Elisha that did all the menial tasks. It was Elisha that had to do the things that were beneath him. But how many people know that's in the body and in the soul? But somewhere, God says, there's a process and you're about to step into the spirit. It may seem menial to you. It may seem like it's beneath you. It's beneath me to work with the children. It's beneath me to work with the young people. It's beneath me to listen to Pastor Ariel or to, to Bishop. It's beneath me to do the, it'll be an usher. But I'm going to tell you one day, if you'll do that, that God will move you. God will move you. Quit saying it's beneath you. Nothing is beneath you. Not in God. Listen, if God asked me to wash everybody's car, Not that he would do that, but let's say he did that. You'd find me out there with a bucket and a sponge. Why? Because God was going somehow going to bring a blessing out of that. So Elisha had to do things that were beneath his present status in order to go beyond in his calling. Here's the moral of this story. Sometimes you have to... Oh, I love this. And the Lord gave me this. Sometimes you have to go beneath... You have to go beneath before you can go beyond into your purpose. You have to go beneath before you go beyond. How many people do you know that's had families that came to this country that all the families worked together in a business in order for them to survive? And then because they stuck together and worked together, they all started developing their own companies. What if they had said that's beneath us? those companies would never be started their family would not have survived am i right or wrong help me i want you to see your vision and the your vision which is the human vision and the vision god has for you must merge it's like merging into a lane it must merge if you are to go beyond you have to merge y'all tired yet so let me take it just a little bit further just a little bit and then I'll let y'all go I don't have to let you go you can go whenever you want to so let's go a little further and see this servant as he walks in his beyond understand he had to go beneath before he could go beyond 2nd Kings 2 verse 1 I'll have to paraphrase some of this because this is a lengthy read 2nd Kings 2 1 through 14 and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah. Here we go now. The Lord's about to take Elijah off the scene. Into a heavenly whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. Terry here, the Bible, King James says. Terry he, here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel, the house of God. That's what they, Bethel means, the house of God. I'm going to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, watch, as the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave you. Why? He's ministered to him, washed his hands and clothes. So they go down to Bethel, the Bible says, they go together. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha. And said unto him, Know thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? Now, there's a whole sermon right in that right there. And many people don't catch it. You said, I think I catch it, Bishop. "Mm, I don't think you do. The sons of the prophets came to, watch this, Floyd. I'm diverting from the message a little bit. The sons of the prophet come to, to Elijah and say, Do you know? that the Lord is going to take away your master today. Had anybody see that? In other words, the prophets knew that Elijah was going to leave the scene and God was going to take him that day. So what is that? Is that applicable to today? That means if the Lord is coming back for anybody, the prophets are going to know it. People say you're going to be caught in your unawares. You're not going to be caught in your, old country boy said, you, you better be ready. You'll get caught in your underwears. No, in your unaware. If I read that correctly, it says the prophets knew it. And the Lord just, this didn't come from, the Lord just touched me with this. He said, No, that if my prophets knew it then, they know it now. They know exactly what's going to happen. My daddy knew when he was going to go. My daddy died at 95 years of old age. He was one of the greatest men I knew, I've ever known. He served God, but he knew when he was going. When Jesus, if he's going to take you, I'm going to know it. Because God speaks to his servants, to prophets. Oh man, I feel good. Man, I feel good. That's why I told Kenny that they, doctors gave him a bad prognosis. Am I telling the truth? My family gave you the report with all the medical conditions. I was already dying. You said, nope, not his time. he's not going I want to prove that point. Wow. I walked by him that Sunday and just threw my hand on his chest and I said, "You shall live and not die. Amen. Oh God, I feel it I don't think we understand the import. Of what God is doing in the church. I don't think he sees Kenny. There's something beyond what we've done. We think it's in a song and dance. We think it's because. Of of the beautiful colors. and, And people throwing up fans. And doing all the things that some people do. I'm not against that. But that's not it. There's something beautiful about the spirit. I've watched women. Dance in the church doing a a holy dance and I can tell when they're in the spirit and I sense it. I can sense when people are singing in the spirit and they're not singing in the spirit. Why? Because I try to tune in to God. I want to tune in to him. So the sons of the prophet says, please stay with me for a moment. I got to finish this. Don't you know your servant's leaving? And he said, yes, I know it. He even knew it. He said, don't talk about it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, tarry here. I want you to stay here with the sons of prophet. And he said, I pray you. And for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord lives and as thy soul lives, by God, I'm not going to leave you. Are y'all catching this? I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to leave you. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, knowest thou that the Lord will take away your master from thy head today? And he answered, yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, this is verse 6, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave you. And the two went on. Now watch. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they two stood by the Jordan. Oh, here we are again. We're at the Jordan again. Elijah and Elijah. Remember I preached to you a couple weeks ago about Jordan. Now we see Elijah and Elijah standing in Jordan. And Elijah takes off his gar- his mantle and thrusts it down on the water. And the water parts. And they walk. Well, I feel God in here today. God's about to change some people's lives in here. You say, "What well, I'm a Christian. That's not what I'm talking about. You're about to go beyond. And the waters, the Bible says in verse 8, Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smoked the waters. And they were divided hither and thither so that they went to on dry land. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you. And Elisha says, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah says, what you've asked is a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they went on, they kept walking and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. He said, I don't believe in chariots of fire. Well, you watch it all the time. You watch those UFOs and you think, boy, those are. Now think about that for a minute. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father. You say, well, who's he crying to? God, help me. Was he crying to God when Elijah said, my father, my father? No, no, no. He was talking about Elijah. It was his father. It was the one that watched over his soul and his spirit. Watch this now. The chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. He, he took Elijah up. And he took hold of his own clothes and he tore his clothes off. I can't believe it. He's gone. And as Elijah went up, his mantle fell. And he took also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Here he is at his Jordan again. And he took takes the mantle that had fallen from him. Because he don't feel any different because he's moving in his... He's, see, we want to move in body and soul. He takes that mantle and he says... Watch what he does. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? Bam! And the water parts. (laughs) All this started when a mantle was cast on him in a field. But there was a process to get to Jordan. And he had to cross Jordan. How many times, Ariel? He had to cross it twice. He had to go across And come back. I want to say this to you. Beyond your vision, beyond your human condition, your human vision stands a calling that few are committed enough to accept. Did you understand that statement? Beyond your vision, beyond your human condition is a calling that few are committed enough to accept. I hope you've heard this message today because this was an important message.